Good morning, Mavuno family. I'm so honored to be bringing God's word to you today, wherever you're watching from. Uh, I know many of you are watching online, but some of you are watching in your campuses because your campus pastors are out in Kampala for the Transform Conference. And my goodness, it's such a joy for me to be addressing you wherever you are. We're starting a brand new series uh, this month, one that I'm really excited about. It's called The White Flag. Why am I excited about it? <laughs> because I've got a very clear sense that for many of you who are listening to this series, this might turn out to be one of the most life-altering series, one of the most life-changing someone series that you have been part of so far. I don't know why, I just have this strong feeling about it. Uh, and I know that's saying a lot. But my prayer is that God will use it to dramatically accelerate your spiritual growth. Come on, somebody. And that in the process, uh, every aspect of your life will accelerate as well. Now, this series is actually based on my newest book. Uh, it's called The Genius of Surrender, which we're launching today in all the different campuses. Uh, so, so excited about that. Uh, and, you know, it's very interesting. I, I encourage you to get yourself a copy. Uh, I'm actually very, uh, I'm actually dedicating this book to the memory of my late dad, uh, who really exemplified for me what it means to live a life of surrender. And I, I just want to say this, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be teaching about it this whole month, but uh, we're going to be teaching about it this whole month. But the important thing to understand is there's a lot more content in the book than we can actually fit in a Sunday sermon. So I want to encourage you to get your own copy. And for those of you who are watching online, you can actually order it off the Amazon Kindle uh, uh, bookshop, or you can even order a physical copy off our website, www.mavunochurch.org. We'll try and get as many copies out to all the different campuses as we can. So now let me ask with a, let me start with a question. Have you ever feared? I don't know if you've ever had this fear. Have you ever feared that if you surrendered your control of your life to God, he might ask you to do something, to go somewhere, or to give up something that you're not ready for? Anybody ever had such a fear? Like if you ask God to, if you give your, if you tell God, God, take control of my life, that God might ask you to do something, to go somewhere, or to give up something that you're not ready for. Show of hands, if this is you, yes, I, I, I can see you. <laughs> you know, my, thanks for being honest, my hand is up too. My hand is up as well. And, and you know what, P perhaps you fear that God might ask you, some of you fear that God might ask you to resign your job and to serve in ministry, to be poor. You know, so that's, that's some people is like, yeah, my gosh, God might ask me to be poor. Or maybe God might ask you to go as a missionary to some far off, distant and hostile country. Like where? Uh, I can see already you have those names in your mind. Yes, God, I want to, I'll serve you. Just don't ask me to go to this place. Or you might, he might ask you to stay single. Oh my gosh. What a shock. And, and not to enjoy that tall, dark, and handsome, or that elegant and beautiful spouse you've always dreamt about. Come on. I mean, I, it, it's, it, it's not, am I talking to somebody in the house? You know, whatever it is. I mean, many of us have such fears. Most of us have feared, at one point, handing over full control of our lives to God, or anyone else for that matter, because we fear we may be asked to give up something, and some things in our lives we feel are just not negotiable. Yeah? Anybody with non-negotiables is like, yeah, Touch everything, but don't touch this one part. You know, surrender nowadays is not something that is highly valued in our culture. It's not something that people look, uh, talk about or even look up to. In fact, the opposite is true. You Google uh, popular motivational books or leadership books or business books. You find popular titles are about how to win, <laughs> how to conquer, uh, uh, 
classics like how to win friends and influence people. Come on, somebody. Who doesn't want to influence people? I, I want to be an influencer, somebody. And, or, or good to great. I mean, who doesn't want to be great? I like greatness, you know. Uh, or, 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 or one that I really like is called outliers. Uh, and it's, it's, it's like, who wants to be normal? I want to be an outlier. I want to be different, yeah? Or one that I know has been popular, uh, lean in. Women, women work and the will to lead. Ah, yes. That's right, women. Come on, somebody. It's like, I want to be a leader. I want to lead. I want to have the will to lead. To most people, winning sounds really good. Surrender carries a very negative connotation. I mean, phrases that mean the same as surrender are words like yield, submit, concede, cave in, succumb, quit, give up, resign. Oh my goodness, those are such depressing words, aren't they? <laughs> I mean, who, who, when someone succumbs to a disease, it means the disease killed them. Yeah, who wants to die? I mean, it's like, I don't want to die before my time. That's what the word succumb means. When, when someone resigns, it means they lost their job. They left their job. They no longer have a job. That can be a scary prospect in such times as we live in. Uh, when, people, when, people, when someone gives up, it means that they have no hope of accomplishing the thing that they wanted to accomplish. And, and, and I don't want to be known as a quitter. I want to win. I want to achieve the thing I set out to achieve. When someone submits, it means that they recognize that someone else is stronger than them. <laughs> My goodness. My goodness. Most human beings, we want to be on top. We want to be winners. We want to be in control, right? Yeah, that's why this submitting thing just sounds really weird. In fact, when I told people I'm going to be talking about uh, submission, they were like, Pasi, really? You want to talk about surrender? I mean, is that really a thing that people want to hear about? Why would any person in their normal mind want to surrender control of their life over to God? Why? And that's a conversation we're going to be having this month. You know, as a new Christian, no one taught me about this thing. No one really had this conversation with me. For most people like me, when we got saved, salvation was like religious fire insurance. Am I talking to somebody? I mean, it's, it's like, basically the way we understood it is, I'm going to stop doing bad things, like fill in the blank, the bad things you are doing. And then I'm going to start becoming a church goer. <laughs> and I'll be serving in church. And in exchange... God will protect me and keep me from burning in hell. That's really just fire insurance. I mean, of course, you'd not have said it in exactly that way. But in practice, that's how it worked out. I mean, this whole surrender thing, if we ever learned it, when you thought about people who surrendered, you think about those missionaries, those pastors, those martyrs. You know those guys who died for their faith? Those ones we read about in books, you know? <laughs> that was something for such people, not for normal people like you and I. Now, the only problem with this view is that it's not biblical. It's not in the Bible. There are many biblical reasons why surrender is essential for you and I. And, 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 and I, I wouldn't have time in this series to go through all of them. In the book, uh, I, I cover quite a few of those reasons. But today I want to explore one of the most important reasons. That, and and, and the reason, one of the re most important reasons for surrender has to do with the reason why Jesus came. You see, we've talked about this. Jesus did not come to earth to turn us into nice church-going folk. He, he didn't come to help us to live by a nice set of moral rules. That's not why he came. His mission was far greater than that. I mean, how would you feel if I told you that the major reason Jesus came to earth was to achieve your surrender? That's actually why Jesus came. That's why you must surrender. Jesus came to achieve 
your surrender. Jesus came to achieve my surrender. What a shock. Yeah, that's the whole entire reason he came on earth. And we learned about this a few months back. That God, the ultimate king, created the earth, created human beings in his image, gave them responsibility over the earth to rule everything on his behalf. He placed them in a beautiful garden called Eden. Eden means a place of beauty, of satisfaction. But the humans decided to disobey his instructions and they sided with the enemy and chose to do things their own way. That's the problem. And in the process, they lost everything. And we've defined what this everything is. I mean, the natural consequence of rebellion is you're separated from God. And God is the source of life. So what happens when you're separated from the source of life? You die. You die. That's exactly what happened. Adam and Eve, death happened. And it happened in quite a few areas. We've talked about these as well. The first was physical death. That God's word to Adam was he would return to the ground from which he was taken. Genesis chapter 3, which talks about this whole tragic fall of man and woman. Uh, Genesis 3 verse 19, it says, For dust you are, and to dust you will return. And from that time on, human beings experience casualty and mortality in their beings, in their physical bodies. Things like disease, injury, disability, deformity, loss of life. And, 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 and many of you know that this last month, uh, I was with helping my mom nurse, uh, and, and my wife and I were helping my dad nurse my father. <laughs> my whole family indeed was there, and we nursed him in his last days. And none of us was expecting that these were his last days. We thought we were just walking with him back to life after he had had a bypass surgery. And on April 17th, the day after I finished writing this sermon, dad went to be with the Lord. Hardest thing that I've ever experienced. But you know, it's interesting that right now as we are mourning, I'm really drawn back to the fact that this is not what we were created for. God did not create for us to live in a space of death. Death came because of rebellion. Death came because of what Adam and Eve did. They chose to walk away from life. That's what happens when I don't submit to God. I walk away from life. And as a result of rebellion, our bodies fail us. I mean, my dad was the healthiest person I knew. <laughs> 85 years of health. The last three, four, four weeks of his life is when he fell ill. And he went to be with the Lord. It doesn't matter how well we look after our bodies. A time comes when all of us, our time will come. And this is, this is death. This is what we face. All of you who are ill right now, all of you who are facing difficulties, many of you we've prayed for and God has healed some of you, but there are others where you're just walking with this pain. And this is as a result of what happened in the garden. The second thing that Adam and Eve brought on us is emotional death. I mean, this, this is so painful because one of, the scenes that, one of the things that happens when Adam and Eve sinned is they hid from one another. And, and, and they, they not only hid from one another, they hid from God. Remember, they, 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 they put up, they even made clothes for themselves. They were not even meant to feel shame in who their bodies were, how the God had created them. They were made perfectly, but now they were ashamed, ashamed of themselves and even they hid from God. Uh, when God came visiting, Genesis chapter 3 verse 10 says, Adam said to God, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and so I hid. My goodness, we've been afraid of our nakedness ever since. Uh, we've been hiding from each other. Shame has, has been part of our relationship. It's what causes us to front for one another. 
It's what causes us not to be real with each other. It's what causes us to, to sort of try and pretend we've got our lives together. We suffer from things like fear and envy and addictions and other psychological illnesses. And these were not part of our original condition. God did not create us to be like this. Uh, but today, these things have become normal in our world. If you're experiencing any of these, if you're experiencing even psychological illnesses, oh my goodness, it all came from the garden. The third death was relational death. When confronted by, by, by God, Adam did a very sad thing. He disowned his wife. Genesis chapter 3 verse 12. The man said, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. Aish. I mean, she was squarely under the bus. It's like, really, Adam? The same guy who had been saying flesh of my flesh and bone of my bones. And it's like, now it's the woman you gave me. Are you understanding? I mean, it's like all of a sudden where relationships had been perfect, now it was like everybody for himself. And poor Eve, she blamed the serpent. Genesis 3.13, when the Lord said to the woman, what is it you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. No one's willing to take responsibility. And relational death has been part of our, it's been part of our lives ever since. It's a reason why we experience betrayal in our relationships, broken friendships. If you ever experienced the pain, I've experienced the pain of broken friendships. It's a pain uh, that is hard to bear. Ugly competitiveness. I don't know if you've ever noticed how people can be so competitive with each other. Loneliness, where we're just, some of you are, are lonely in the crowd. Uh, divorce, separation, injustice, oppression. Every couple who is struggling in their marriage right now, that came out of Adam and Eve and what they did in the garden. Any one of you who's experiencing a father wound or a mother wound, uh, uh, broken relationships at home, these are symptoms of relational death. So instead of our relationships bringing joy and acceptance like they were created for, they're a source of great pain and disappointment. And many of you have struggled through that pain. The fourth death, and I know I'm moving quickly, but I just want to cover all those deaths. The fourth was environmental death environmental death. You see, we were created to live in harmony with nature. But our sin, it brought a curse on the ground. The ground that we were supposed to look after now was cursed. And Genesis chapter 3, verse 17 to 19, God said, Cursed is the ground because of you. He's talking to Adam. Through painful toil, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you. You will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground. Since from it you are taken, from dust you are, and to dust you will return. You see, this curse is what makes our work so difficult. It's what makes us struggle in our careers and our businesses. It's why we face uh, problems with our environment, droughts and earthquakes and natural disasters. Over, and, and why humans, wherever we go, we cause problems to the earth, deforestation and overfishing and extinction of species. All these, climate change, right now we're experiencing climate change. It's because of us and the curse that we bring to the earth. Instead of being good stewards and caretakers of the planet, we tend to destroy it. It's why work has no meaning for many people. Many people hate their jobs. They just do it. They don't enjoy it. There's no purpose or meaning to it. And the result, this is the result of the curse on the ground and on our purpose. And then the last one is our spiritual, is, is spiritual death. Fifth death, spiritual death. Uh, unlike animals, human beings are not just physical. We are also spirit beings. That person you're sitting next to you is actually a spirit being. 
that body you're seeing is actually just a tent. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a frame. But inside them is a spirit, something that was made in the image of God, something that like, is like God. <laughs> That's who it is. G Genesis chapter 2 verse 7 says, God breathed into us his breath and we had life. Our life did not come like animals because God spoke. It comes because God breathed into us. And spiritual death was the result of humans being separated from the source of their life. So our spirits are no longer connected automatically to the spirit from whence we came. And Genesis chapter 3 verse 23 says, So God banished, the Lord God banished him, Adam and Eve, from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had been taken. You see, despite our desperate attempts to fill the spiritual void that we have through religious activities, and through idols, by the way, all humans are religious. It doesn't matter. Even atheists are religious. Why? Because often we replace God with money and with possessions, with power, with intellect and philosophy, with sex, with beauty, with health, with browsing the internet. All these are just modern day religions. Things that are there to fill that God-shaped hole within us. When human beings decided to do things their own way, the result was death. And that's what lack of surrender does. It brings death. We live in a broken world full of broken people. A dying world full of dying people. And human beings experience this death in every area, one form or another. Everyone next to you right now is experiencing death in one form or another. Re regardless of our religion, our, our financial background, our, our culture, regardless of our race, all of us are experiencing this death of Adam and Eve. Death in our bodies, death in our minds, death in our relationships, death in our careers, death, death everywhere. De many of us are carrying anger and disappointment, and that is death. It's easy to blame other people for it and not understand this is what death has brought to us. And the crazy thing, here's the crazy thing I've found with human beings, is we'll do anything we can to try and pretend that we're not dying, that we're under control. We all kind of try and look, try, try to look the part that we can show that we are in control. There's a, an interesting psychologist, uh, anthropologist. Uh, his name was Ernest Becker, and he was an American uh, uh, anthropologist. He wrote an interesting book called The Denial of Death. And the entire premise of this book is that humans everywhere organize their lives and their cultures to ignore or avoid the inevitability of death. What am I saying? Like we do everything we can to pretend we're not going to die. And that's all over the world. Most of us engage in those religious practices. You know, whatever religion you're going to find people practice. Many times we practice religious activities because that's how we gain control of our lives. We show that we're in control. Uh, many of us get into pursuits like sports and drugs and alcohol and shopping and workaholism, uh, 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 internet addiction, all these things to help us avoid facing the broken relationships, the broken world around us. We spend our lives pursuing the illusion that we're in control. But what he said is, we really are not. And it's all denial. We're in denial. You know, here's the thing. We spend our whole lives looking for control. But the irony is that this looking for control is what created the mess in the first place. <laughs> Remember, that's exactly what happened to Adam and Eve. The lie that Satan gave them was that they could have control. <laughs> Take control. Chukua control. <laughs> You know, it's like, just, just why, are you, why are you listening to God? Why are you trusting God? Basically, you're saying, if you disobey God and you eat that, that, that fruit, you'll actually, God doesn't want you to have control. 
If you read what he says in Genesis chapter 3, verse 4 to 5, this is what the serpent lied to Adam and Eve. He says, you will not suddenly die. God had told them they'll die, had, had, had told them not to eat the fruit. He says, you will not suddenly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Mm. Basically, he was telling them, don't trust what God says. Be a free thinker. Think for yourself. Be in control of your life. Why are you trusting somebody else to tell you how to live? And guess what? That's exactly how we are still trying to solve the problem today. We're still trying to say, don't trust anyone. Think for yourself. But here's what Albert Einstein said many years ago, which was a very genius thing. He says, we can't solve problems by using the same kind of thinking we used when we created them. You can't, you, can't, you can't create a problem through trying to take control and now you're trying to save the, solve the same problem by doing the same thing that Adam and Eve did and hoping for a different result. And that's why God's solution for us is completely different. Our only way out, the only way that we can have the life we're looking for is not to gain control, but to surrender control. Oh my gosh. You see, Jesus didn't come to make us church goers. He didn't come to, he didn't come to cause us to, to follow rules. He came to end our rebellion. He knew that rebellion was the biggest problem that humans are facing. And he came to end our rebellion as humans against God's leadership, against all the authority God has put in our lives. And through surrendered people to restore the creation back to its rightful king. That's why Jesus came. You see that independent spirit that I have, that conviction, I don't follow anyone. I know what's good for me. Come on, hashtag positive vibes only. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't follow anyone, you know? That determination to live life on my own terms and if necessary to find God my own way. This is the rebellion that brought death. But Jesus came to end our rebellion. And in John chapter 10, verse 9 to 10, I love this verse. Jesus uh, made this challenge to his disciples. He says, yes, I am the gate. Those who come in by the way of the gate will be saved and will go in it and find green pastures. And then he says the opposite. The thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give you life in all its fullness. What Jesus is saying is that surrendering fully to him is the only way to live. He's the only way. He's the gate. As human beings, we want to find other gates, gates that we're in control of. We want a religious list of do's and don'ts, things we can cross off, even as Christians, by the way. I, I, I'm happy to go to church every Sunday, check. I'm happy to get baptized, that's what the pastor says, check. <laughs> I'm happy to wake up at, okay, maybe not so happy, but I'll do it anyway. I'll wake up at 4.30 every morning uh, and pray uh, during the weekdays at Mavuno Church, check. I'm, I'm going to even give my tithe and maybe even my fast fruit, check. But then after that, allow me to live my life and do what I really want. You see, my sex life is my business. My, my money is my business. Don't tell me what to do with my marriage. Uh, that's my stuff. I'll do what you want me to do as long as I can do my thing with my things. That's the lie that the devil is spinning for all of us. That we can't trust God fully with our whole life. That we should live life on our own terms. But Jesus warns us. That the devil's only way, the devil's gate will only lead us to theft. He comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. And the only way to live life in all its fullness, the only way to live the best life you could ever imagine is total surrender to God. It's the only way. So 
So I don't know if you're with me. Are you still with me? Look at your neighbor. Are they looking asleep? Uh, have I lost somebody along the way? <laughs> I hope you're still with me. I, I want to say in summary, why is surrender not an option? Because our rebellion is the reason the world is in the mess it's in today. And God's solution to the end, to the mess, is not for us to be in control, but to send Jesus to take back control, <laughs> to demand our surrender, so that out of us, he can build a people who can rule the world on his behalf. And that the only way to the best life you could ever imagine is total surrender to God. And that's why Jesus' summons, by the way, were all about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is the place where the king has absolute rule or dominion. And Jesus was saying that the king of the earth is now back to take what is rightfully his. Human beings, you rebelled and you gave that control back, to, uh, you gave it to the enemy. But the king is now here. And Jesus would say when he entered a place, the kingdom of God is now here. What does that mean? That the king is here to take back authority. And the people of Jesus' time, by the way, they understood what he was talking about. And that's why they rejected his message and crucified him. They did not want to give up control. And today we are faced with the same choice they faced. Will you trust God enough to completely surrender to him? Or will you reject him and try to live life on your own terms? Now next week we're going to be exploring the nature of surrender and what it looks like to each of us. I'm going to be talking about uh, something really exciting. I mean, like, just have you ever asked yourself this question? If you sat down and had dinner with Jesus, uh, what, what, how would that conversation go like? I'm going to actually be breaking down for you how that conversation will go like because I, I have an insight about that. I have a revelation about that and, and we're going to be sharing that with you in our services and you're going to, I'm, I'm telling you, it's going to be a fun service. Bring a friend to join you uh, or if you're watching this at home, for those of you who are watching online, invite friends to watch it. Don't be selfish. Don't watch alone. Uh, have a watch party and invite some friends to watch it with you. And through this series, my prayer is that you will come to realize that surrender is not something to be afraid of. Oh, come on. It's not. It's the, it's the most genius decision you could ever make. Uh, uh, the title of my book is The Genius of Surrender. And I really believe that sur surrender is the best thing you could ever do. But as I conclude today, I want to pray for someone here. Someone who's not yet given their lives to Jesus. Uh, perhaps you've never before today understood why you must do this. It's never become clear to you. Or, or maybe you gave your life to Jesus a while back. But you walked away from your faith. And today for the first time, you're like, I get it. I can understand that what I've been doing, I've been, I've been living in rebellion. I'm choosing my own way. Independence is siding with the enemy against my maker, the one who has the right over my life. And this control that I think I have is actually an illusion. You cannot live life on your own terms. And as you've come to that realization, you want to surrender the leadership of your life back to your father, back to the one who loves you, back to the one who made you, back to the one who knows why he made you. And if you're here, I'm going to ask you wherever you are, if you're watching this at home, if you're watching this in church, I'm going to ask you to do a very brave thing. I want you to actually raise your hand uh, where you are. Raise it up and then just put it down again. Uh, I would love to pray for you. For those of you who are watching this in your churches, I'm going to ask your pastor to just stand at the front and pray for you as we make this commitment. Just, so just raise your hand. Uh, don't be shy. This is not about, uh, you're not doing this to a pastor. You're doing this to your God your father, the one who loves you. If you're watching this in your living room, do the same. Just raise your hand and put it down again. It's just an indicator that I surrender. I've been trying to live life on my own terms, but from today, I choose to surrender this life. I will give it up to the one who has control. I want to be aligned to him. I want to be aligned to the reason why Jesus came. Jesus came and lived on earth and gave up his life for me 
that I can surrender to God. And today I want to do the thing that I was created to start my life with. I want to begin with surrender. If you're there, just raise it up. Come on, somebody. I see a, 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 a man who needs to raise up his hand right now. I see a woman who needs to raise up. I see a child who needs to raise up their hand right now. Just raise it up boldly and then put it down again. And I'm just going to take a moment to lead us in prayer. Praise God for every single one of you who's making this commitment. This, I promise you, is the best thing you could ever do with your life. I'm going to ask you to just pray this prayer with me. This is you. And for those of you who've prayed this prayer before, uh, join those who've raised their hands in just saying this prayer together. Dear Jesus, I confess that I've tried to live life on my own terms. I've tried to rule myself. Forgive me, Lord. From today, I choose to surrender. Come into my life and take over. Take total leadership over every area of my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and teach me how to follow you. From today, I'm your child and you're my father. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Oh, come on, just give a big shout to Jesus wherever you are. We bless God and we thank God for every single person who's prayed that prayer. Now, if you've made that prayer, take a moment right now. Uh, I'm going to ask if you're in one of our compasses that uh, our ushers are going to give you a slip of paper. would love for you to fill that out. So just raise your hand and make sure that you get one of those. And if you're watching from home, uh, I'm going to ask you as well to make sure that the, compa the person you're with will take your email. I want you to send us an email if you're not in a place where you can get a slip of paper to fill out. Uh, uh, Send us an email, info at mavunochurch.org. And I would love to send you some material to help you grow to be everything that God has called you to be. So info at mavunochurch.org. It's on your screen. So just take a screenshot of that. Send me an email and just say, hey, this is my name. Uh, this is where I live. And I would like some material. <coughs> I prayed the prayer. Pastor M, could you send me some material to help me grow? It would be my delight and my pleasure. Oh, come on. I'm so excited about this. I'm so excited about what God is doing. I'm so looking forward to the rest of this month. Uh, and I want to just say for all of us, may God bless you and may you experience God's joy uh, as you begin to practice the genius of surrender this week and the rest of your life. I bless you now, God's people, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And God's people say it together, Amen. Amen.